Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Hey, Sean. Hi, Craig. This is Craig Custance of The Athletic Hockey Show, coming at you live, or however podcasts work. It's just, it's, it is, by definition, not live. <laughs> it's the are, opposite of live. We are this live. Is taped. Besides the, the interview we recorded with Bryce Salvador yesterday, Bryce mm-hmm. Salvador, by the way, was fantastic. And we had we asked Bryce to be on the show because he had a series of tweets over the weekend about an incident, uh, an experience he he went through uh, at a youth hockey game as a coach that only further highlighted uh, one of the million things that's wrong with the sport right now. And it, and he said basically, I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to make a change. I listened to Kyle Beach, and. It's it's enough with the old way. We're gonna we're gonna change and we're gonna do things differently. And and of course, every parent pushed back. And it's it was. I'm so thankful for Bryce for coming on and sharing that story and for just saying enough. Like we're we're doing things differently from now on. Like my goodness, that decision on his part was 100 percent a reaction to Kyle Beach. Yes, he he came out and said it like. He watched the events of last week and was like, you know, he had that in his mind whenever a situation popped up over the weekend with his team that he felt rightfully as the coach of it that he had uh, control over. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to do the right thing. I mean, we won't spoil the interview, but two of his kids got hurt and he pulled his team out of the tournament and things kind of devolved from there. We had uh, parents and other coaches, you know, freaking out on, on in a hotel lobby basically. So yeah, it was, um, it was great stuff from him. It was some, especially yesterday. Cause we're, we, you and I are talking now it's Tuesday morning. We talked to Bryce right after the catastrophe of a Batman presser yesterday afternoon. So it was some welcome perspective because I mean it, I think anybody we're I, I watched I watched it live and was and was in the Zoom room and all that so I was still pretty uh, keyed up from all that so it was it was nice to hear Bryce talk about that and it was nice to know that you know that there's such a that that's a high profile example of someone who's who took Kyle Beach to heart took Kyle Beach's word to heart and changes actions and is letting that kind of dictate the way he moves through the world moving forward. So yeah, that was really nice to hear. Um, 
it was it, yeah it was great and uh, let's let's stay on the Gary Bettman press conference for a minute because we didn't really talk about this Sean but you went on the Canadian version of the uh, athletic hockey show or the Monday version I mean, they're all Canadian mm-hmm. let's be no. except for ours because uh, and you went on the Monday episode with Haley which is fine I guess we're all mm-hmm. technically on the same team at team athletic mm, I mean maybe technically I don't know actually I think Canada may be a separate corporation because of um, because of tax laws and tax stuff. so <laughs> actually technically we may mm, not be on the same I don't might. know I can't say for sure as a small business owner of course I, I <laughs> should know these things um, <laughs> oh the post office so so oh, fucking post office <laughs> so Sean you went on that show and you, it was recorded before the Gary Bettman. Go back and listen if you'd like just to hear how wrong Sean was. Um, oh, because you you said, hey, look, the commissioner's going to speak. No way this could get any worse. You know, this is now a time. I, I don't really know what you said because I don't listen to the Monday I episode. I couched it. Now, why would you? I couched it a little, a little better than that. I was like, I don't think he's going to go on and make things worse. Mm. I expected the standard... Oh, the standard Bettman legalese alphabet soup jargon, you know, debate team bullshit that we get from him <laughs> on the Coyotes Arena deal and escrow. I'm sorry, there's a fire. There's a fire truck. There's a fire. It's, it's just we've been in a five alarm for a while now. We're used to hearing Gary Bettman speak that way when he's yeah. talking about, mm-hmm. um. I don't know, division realignments or CBA negotiations or TV deals or whatever. And that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun of listening to him talk because it is aggravating. But it's also kind of funny to watch him tiptoe through the tulips when it comes to that sort of stuff. He's very good at it. He's like, he's He's got it down. And to the point where you're like, how do I phrase this question so he can't he, you know, he can't say yes or no, or he, he can't. So you really are like, oh, they, he can parse this if I say. It. So you really have to come prepared. But maybe we thought we would see like a huge, like, like, hey, right? You know, we're not going to try to legalize what is a, a a poignant moment in this history of the sport right now. Under normal circumstances, you see that sort of stuff, and you're like, can't knock the hustle. That's put. That's that's, that's right. part of the job. Is is trying to bullshit us as as much as possible. Like you don't have to enjoy it necessarily, but there's always been a part for me at least where I've like, not even begrudgingly. No. You're, you're sort of you're sort of imp- you're sort of impressed by it. Yesterday, <laughs> you certainly did not have to hand it to him. That was a disaster from the jump. They he and Bill Daly, you know, sat in their office. It was a very uh, casual atmosphere, you know, where they're just like, which was bizarre. It's, uh, we can, we don't even need to crack that one open. Apologized initially. And then, and then the bullshit started and it was an hour of uninterrupted stuff. 46 of which went by with, without Rick Westhead asking a question, which was remarkable. Um, and Gary was wrong on basically everything you could be wrong about it. This was not, he was not speaking from a place of humanity or morality or decency or whatever. He was trying to protect the league in the owners. 
in their money. And I should not have been as surprised by it as I was. I don't even know that I, I don't I, I don't even know necessarily how 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 surprised I, I even was coming out of it, but that didn't make it any less any less frustrating. Uh, that was not what anybody needed yesterday. No. It, no. And so so when Rick really and you wrote about this and if you haven't read Sean's column it's it's definitely worth a read. Um in whatever it was, 40 minutes in, when Rick Westhead finally gets to the uh, an opportunity to ask a question, um, you know, maybe he was just in the queue at that point um, or maybe it was because, you know, Pierre Lebron, our colleague, oh, no. had to oh, actually... Oh, no, there were... <laughs> There were other people in the there were other people in the queue. Trust oh, yeah. me, if, if if they wanted if, if if they wanted if they wanted to freeze out Rick for the for the rest of it, they could. Have. Yeah. that was that was a hundred percent the result of Pierre poking them in the right. Yeah, direction. so Pierre Pierre calls him out and and like this like that's that's that really that's good good stuff by Pierre. Um, and Rick gets his question and you know puts his question is you know there's a there's another victim here in this story. And is a league willing to to help this victim by paying for you know medical costs or therapy or whatever it is? I don't I, you know I don't know the exact phrasing. It seems like a you know an easy one for the league. Sure, that's the wild. That was the wild part of the question. Is is and this is not a criticism of yeah. the question either. It's coming from Rick, who's done whatever the hardest work on the on the topic possible. That's right, impossible. And he, what he said. and he gave Batman. Not a softball, but like an opportunity to say, like, yes, <laughs> yes, we're gonna we're we're gonna pay for if, if this if this child who was assaulted according to the state of Michigan and according to Brad Aldridge's own guilty plea, by the way, mm. assaulted three years after our indifference. Yes, we will foot his legal bills for for the for the rest of his life. It's the NHL. I'm pretty medical sure. Medical bills, right? I, that was the question, not legal. Was it medical or legal? legal? I, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I misspoke. I'm, 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 I'm at medical. I, we know the NHL is in some money trouble. <laughs> we know they always are. Gate receipts are down. I get it. Probably, probably could swing that though. Probably could swing that. And it was, and to hear him not even take the most chest high meatball to. Do something that wasn't just correct, wasn't just morally right. Yeah, help, to do let's something help this that kid. was to do something that was PR savvy as well. If he says that, that's the headline coming out of that presser. That's one of them at least. Yeah, sure. Right? Is that is that the NHL's pledged pledged to foot the medical bills or the therapy bills for a child who is harmed mm -hmm. because of because of their inaction, and he he couldn't even do that. And the, and the wildest thing of all, and that's the thing I led with because that was the that was the answer that was freshest on my mind. You could come up with a top ten list of lines from that presser that were just like, "What planet are we living on? How is our reality different from whatever is going on on the other side of this computer screen?" It was alternate universe shit from him from the jump. Yeah. Is I'm I'm no lawyer and like is there some admission of guilt if you say hey well, we want to help this? like I don't I'm just trying to wrap my head around. I'm so puzzled by that that response and just I've been thinking I've been thinking about that too yeah like it, like if he has said yes we want to help this kid is it like gotcha now you're you're 
like guilty of something else or like, or, or or how about this if you're not willing to commit to it on a on a zoom meeting or whatever right. during a press conference find a better answer than like i don't know if we really have all the information on that you do have the information a, on that that one's that one's um there are court you've seen it it's 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 in the civil suit it's public record we know what happened it's a case that's been charged and tried and Brad Aldrich was sentenced for it. You know what happened. Don't pretend like you don't. Don't pretend like you need more information. On that end of things, you have everything you need. So his answer, and it's longer, but it w- he starts with, I would have to know more about that circumstance. So either he's telling the truth and he just hasn't taken the time to learn what happened, which is, you mm-hmm. know, what he's, I guess, Bad. suggesting, which is not great. Bad. Or he's, he's- you know... Recovering and just taking the legal pillow. I mean, he's doing what he's doing. What he always like. He's he's protecting the the league in from some sort of legal action. I'm I'm assuming that's yeah. always my assumption. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And, and we, like we all get that. That that's been kind of an annoying response to the thing that I wrote last night. Yeah. Is is people acting like if you say that if you say like this is a this is a failure on some level that you don't understand what the job of the commissioner is. Like I understand it better than anybody we've been working in this for however many years i don't need gary bettman's job to be explained to me by people in the comments or people on twitter or whatever i get it i just reject the application in this particular space my tolerance for bullshit from him is high that's right. That, that's right. Almost to a point of admiration where we're like, oh, he got us. Like, we've always, list, been, like absolutely, we've, always been, we've, we've always been that way. Yeah. Like, oh, no, oh more, bullsh- more, more bullshit about the coyotes. You got to <laughs> hand it to them. <laughs> and that's not what this was. If there ever were an opportunity for him to behave differently, this was it. And he didn't hit that. He didn't hit that watermark he didn't even come close and it's understandable for people to intellectual like you can intellectually understand the job of a commissioner and intellectually understand what he was doing there and reject (laughs) reject the decision you don't need i don't need that explained to me well there was a bit of good news the league announced that the akimaloo investigation has been and <laughs> everything's fine. We're done. To everybody's satisfaction. So, so we're, we're that was great. So that investigation is over. Um, really, that was great. Great to hear that. Um, although, as it turns out, that's not true either. Um, probably, probably could have run that one past Akimalu. Yeah. So, according to Akimalu's legal representative Ben Mizalis, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. This not. was news to them. News to them that the um, investigation had been completed. Akeem wants accountability and Akeem wants the truth, he said. This is the legal representative. Um, when Lisa Dillman of The Athletic phoned him on Monday, Akeem wants transparency. What we saw today was utterly lacking in the truth and causes serious doubts about the entire process. The fact that we are here basically two years later after Akeem came forward with a detailed recounting of the racism he experienced throughout his entire career... It's alarming and it's disappointing, an indictment on the sport and the leadership there that this investigation seems to have no legitimacy. So, everything's going great, in other words. They can't even separate 
their scandals at this point. Like that's that's how just monumentally screwed this 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 situation is in this league is. Like you're talking about as you are dropping the football on the sexual assault investigation in the cover-up investigation, you also managed to screw up the investigation on a coach using the N-word on a player. It happened in the same breath. What what are we doing? <laughs> what is this sport? Why are we doing it? I and I don't and Why I don't are know. we doing it? It's a great question. Why are we doing it? I don't know. What Like my mom, my mom called me yesterday. And was like, "Do you have like?" She just like saw the shit I've been writing over the last over the last few days. She was like, "Are you are you all right? Like, do you ever want to just get out of it?" I'm like, "Well, maybe. Yeah, go be a bartender or something. Because this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just and we're just the people that are writing and talk about it. We're not even state. We're not even we're not even stakeholders in this shit. We're not living it. Right. Ugh." Uh. Uh, um, we used Anyways, to- <laughs> Cole Caulfield got sent down last night. <laughs> who's, uh, who's your rookie of the year? Uh, it just <sighs> because obviously we'd way rather more. You know, Sean and I, we want to have fun and we want to talk. Like this is what we got, in, in, and it's just like, but you can't. Like this is so no. egregious. It's so bad. <laughs> so many people are being hurt. It's so mishandled. It's all like. Oh, it's all you can talk about. We used to have Sean and I once did a podcast years, many moons ago. Um, <laughs> it, was the, it was actually the first podcast. It was the first, the first, a lot of people don't know this, the first hockey podcast, at least possibly. <laughs> it predated um, Mark Marin, So maybe the first yeah. podcast. Uh, in it, we would have a segment called The Week in Alan Walsh because Alan at the time was, he was the first person on Twitter. So it That's paired right. up well, and Alan would. Always say something outrageous uh, on Twitter, and we back would- then. Back then, the only people anybody followed were Ashton Kutcher, that's right, Kevin Smith, <laughs> horse e books, <laughs> and Alan Walsh. And so we would highlight. Al- so I'm going to pull it back because I think Alan summed it up. He said, "In all my years involved in the sports business, I've never seen a more disaster disastrous <laughs> press conference by a league commissioner." It's what it was wild to watch it. <laughs> you watch, we're watching this. Like, I was watching this in real time. I was like, "This isn't good." And then just like you go from ten minutes to twenty minutes, and we're we're at an hour, and you're like, "There, there hasn't been one satisfactory bit of information to come out of that." Even like their big play yesterday was like, "We're beefing up the hotline." Oh, the hotline! It used to, ju- it used to just be NHL uh, NHL personnel that could call it. Now it can be anybody in hockey. You get pressed for even the most remote detail on their plans for this for this hotline beef up. Nothing. Nothing. They had no deliverable thing on their single big, like, this is how we're going to combat it. Like, lie better. <laughs> Bullshit us better than you did yesterday. <laughs> they can't even do that effectively anymore. Good God. Can you have but again, 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 Cole Caulfield sent down to the Val Rocket yesterday. Uh, big, big news out of Montreal. Can you have a person who is representing the owners in the commissioner league? Like that's his job. Um, not be like, are there good examples of somebody who's running a league who I guess, no. yeah, like, no, the NBA they're, seems they're, to get it. Okay. Right. 
They're like, they're go- they're goblins is a rule. Like that's what I'm saying. Do you have to just be some version of a lawyer to protect the billionaire's pockets to have that position? Are we just being unrealistic, like Pollyannish? The only the only way it works, and the only way it works with leagues is when they're shamed into doing the right thing. Roger Goodell is a creep. Rob Manfred might hate baseball. Adam Silver comes as close as as you can get, but results are mixed depending on on who you ask about him. They'll do the right thing when they when they're shamed into it or when it threatens their money. And the NHL isn't in that space. Right. That's what's that that's what's amazing is that the other leagues at least have some sense of what'll play publicly. That's that they right. tack to. And there is nothing there. That's right. right. They're they're not gonna do the right thing and they're not gonna do the smart thing either. From a pub, from a public relations standpoint, and that is what consistently blows my mind about this league, is you would think that they would, that self preservation instincts would kick in at some point, and they never do, and it's amazing, it's amazing. And yesterday was example one A B C through J. Mm. It was, and it was a parade of them, and I'm obviously still angry about it. Uh, Almost 24 hours later. Coming up next, <laughs> Bryce Salvador. <laughs> a great conversation with Bryce. Let's jump to that. I, uh, as much as I like stoking Sean Gentili's fires when he's angry, it's yeah. it's, a, it's a equal parts exhausting and, you know, like it, it's, 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 it's brutal. And look, like I want to give Bryce the floor because he, what he, he's actually, at, you know, not saying actually out there doing things like, like whatever, but he's doing things. He's making a change. And yeah. We all have to be prepared for what that what happens when we say, hey, enough is enough. We're going to do things differently because here comes blowback from team hockey culture and mm-hmm. hockey parents and all that. It's That's what's next for everybody. As we say, uncle, we're done with this. We're going to do things differently from now on. Here comes the blowback. And he did what should have been a layup. Hey, kids are in the hospital. Let's not play. The right thing to do. And... We'll let him tell. <laughs> you'll you'll actually believe exactly what happened next. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. And we are thrilled to be joined right now with former NHL captain Bryce Salvador. And who you can hear him. He's great. With the Daily Face Off with Frank Valley. You can hear him doing devil's uh, analysis. Um Bryce is always a great conversation, always insightful. But we, oh, first of all, Bryce, how are you? Thank you for doing this. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think everyone is in a tough place emotionally, right? It's been a tough week. Yes. If you're involved in youth hockey or NHL hockey, full spectrum of hockey, it's it's just been tough. And so I think, uh, you know, I know the time we're recording this, I haven't had a chance to really dive into it, but I know Gary Bettman, you know, had his, you know, uh, conference today and. And so it's just, it's, it's tough, right? And we're all trying to navigate it. I know you guys are, you know, doing the best you can to stay on top of things. And it's, it's tough. It's a tough time. It, it is. It's tough. It's, it's heavy in, and it just, but I think the important thing is for us, to, you have to keep talking about it. You have to keep highlighting things and you have to share when you have moments like you did um, over the weekend, Bryce. And so, if you can, and if you're not following Bryce, uh, you can follow him at, at Bryce Salvador and check out his string of t- tweets that led us to wanting to have him on here. But Bryce, can you share the story a little bit for those who might have not seen that? 
Well, yeah, you know, in a, well, first off, I was just really humbled by the interaction that it got. It wasn't something that I was quite frankly expecting um, to mm. see the feedback and, um, and I respected everybody's comments, even the ones that were <laughs> negative and, and maybe didn't believe in my opinion. I think those are equally important in terms of making sure that everyone is weighing in on conversations like this. Uh, youth hockey, unfortunately, guys, is really going the wrong way. It's a toxic environment when you walk into that rink. And, um, and, and, and you know, quite frankly, uh, I really believe that just listening to everything that happened to Kyle Beach and over the last week and everything that he went through, the courage that he had to stay with his story for over a decade. Um, like I said, I just, it's commendable, right? I can't even imagine being 20 in the National Hockey League and bringing those allegations and having them dismissed. And then people making fun of you and go for 10 years. And so when you start hearing things like that, and then you start hearing people saying, Hey, this stuff isn't right. Like who, like we need more people standing up for things, uh, being advocate for change and whatever that environment is. And I think that, you know, it, it really, I think left an impression on me because after this weekend, you know, what I went through, it was stuff that I've been through before. Mm. In youth hockey, you go into these rinks and, you know, the parents are fighting, the kids are fighting, you know, the coaches are screaming at the refs, the players are screaming at the refs, the parents are screaming at the refs, then people are fighting after the game, kids are getting hurt, and we're just throwing them back on the ice. Um, and so it, it really just got to the point that after this week, and I'm like, if I'm not going to say something as a former captain in the National Hockey League, who is? And, and then do I have a little bit of a social responsibility to, to try to effectively make change? And can I help that? It's not going to happen overnight. And by no means is it to alienate or single out, you know, any one coach, any one player, any one parent. Um, but it, we need to make a change. And so not to go along with it, but you know, basically what ended up happening was we're up in the tournament and, you know, all the top teams are up there for our age group and and you know, we have a very strong team and we want to play all the best teams and 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 they want to play my team and i hate to say the word my team but just the team that i coach um and and so as the tournament gets going saturday morning happens that's our last round robin game we have a kid that's defending the play he goes hard into our own goal to, to stop a goal crashes really hurts himself you know he's winded I rush on the ice and I see him and he's comes to a bit and he's, he goes, he, he can breathe. He's got the wind knocked out of him. And the first thing this kid says is like, did the puck go in the net? <laughs> right. Like not worried about his health, not worried about anything else. And we're like, no, you, 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 your play saved the rule. Right. But unfortunately it turned out, you know, after the game, he had to go to the hospital and you know, I'm not going to disclose, you know, his injury, but you know, he, he had to go to the hospital. He stayed overnight. Uh, so that was in the morning of Saturday. So we're down a kid already Saturday morning. We're playing top competition. So now the second game comes Saturday, which is the quarterfinals. And we win that game. And without a kid already, you know, so, you know, we kind of rally the kids, you know, around, you know, playing for a teammate. And, um, and so it's an emotional moment already. 
fast forward the next day, Sunday morning, now we're in the semifinals and we play a very competitive team and, um, and we're winning that game. It's four one, um, with one minute left and, and our kid gets injured in a situation where he was vulnerable and, and the kid is on the ice and he's not moving and it's a scary moment. And I just stop and I want to preface that I'm not being hypocritical here that, um, that I've never hit somebody in a vulnerable position in my whole career and that I haven't coached players that haven't, you know, hit kids in vulnerable situations. Um, in fact, it's happened this year and, and we've talked to those kids and we've addressed it and, and used them as teaching moments to say, Hey, this is not right. This is the moment. What were you thinking? And in the situation where it was really bad, the kid wrote a letter to the family and apologizing mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So that's how we use it as teaching moments because injuries are part of the game. They're going to happen. It's tough to take out that emotion, but at 12 years old, I'm still of the opinion that there's no ill intent in a 12 year old kid to say, I'm going to go out there and maliciously try to injure this kid. It happens because of circumstance. I believe it happens because it's predicated because the, the kid might get reamed out by the coach. You know, they're 12, go out there, you know, we're losing sure. respect sure. or the kid might be berated by his parents because they lost the game. So I'm very sensitive to that, right? And and I've been in those situations. I've lived those. So I'm not being hypocritical on the, the hit itself. Um, but the moment is that we are now dealing with this kid um, that's injured. He's on the ice. We need to get an ambulance. My team is getting disruptive. They're they're looking for blood, you know, and we're trying to manage them. We're trying to manage the kid on the ice. The refs don't know what to do. There's a minute left. So we just call the game. They give us our team to win. So now we're dealing with all this. Now I can see from my parents' expressions, my kids are going to locker rooms. Like it's just, it's chaos, right? They're 12 years old. They don't know how to manage this emotion, sure. <laughs> right? The second kid now on their team that's gone to the hospital. So they're 12. So now I'm just immediately like, okay, well, okay, well, we we take time out here. Okay. Talk to the rink director, told him, Hey, like tell the tournament director, we're not going to be able to play the finals, right? We're going to forfeit that game. Just, you know, and, and what happened after that was just dumbfounding. Like I I still am lost for words. Like I get into the lobby because I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to the coach. I don't know who this coach is of the team we're playing. Um, probably talk to some parents, whatever, and just kind of navigate, walk through this. And the mindset in that lobby, right, once it got out that we weren't going to play, was was just crazy. Like, it, nobody was asking me how the kids were doing. They're like, <sighs> what do you mean right. you're not playing? Like, no, no. Like, do you have numbers? Like, do you have enough guys to play? And I'm like, well, excuse me? Like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, I got to see if this kid is okay. He's left on a stretcher. You know, he wasn't feeling his body for about five, six, seven minutes. And I, I, I sir, like, sir, I, I got, I was using sir. I was being very polite. Like, sir, like, I, I, I we're not playing. He's like, so just, you're just going to pack up and leave. Right. I'm like, yes. Right. And I'm sir. <laughs> like I said, yes. Like, like, I totally respect that you guys came here. You guys want to play us. I said, we want to play you. It's the finals, right? I'm so sorry that this has come to this, but this game isn't going to happen. And he couldn't wrap it around his mind, nor could the parents, nor could people. Like, so I'm not just singling him out. It's just these yeah. people, right? And so, um, so I left there and then, and then parents are screaming. And when I walk out, they're fighting, they're screaming at kids. Kids are screaming at parents, right? It's coming almost to blows. And, 
all over people wanting me to manipulate the mindsets of 12 year olds to get them to play a game. Right. Uh, yeah, I can do that. I know, I know I can do that. Right. Right. But I was also trying to protect the other team. My kids are looking for blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So they may go injure one of their players. No one's even thinking about that. They're just thinking about, Oh, this, you know, what about our players that need to play this game? Right. So everybody's ego needs to be reset as well. Like everybody's egos is, you know, wants this game to happen. So that, you know, the egos of the parents, right. right. Uh, so that we can say, Hey, we had this championship game with, you know, and, and I just kind of circled back and said, like, these are 12 year old kids. They're not professionals. They're not being paid. Right. No scout, whether it's D1, NHL, you know, it's at this tournament to watch 12 year olds. They haven't even hit puberty yet. And in fact, I had kids before the morning game on Sunday talking about Halloween. They're hoping they're going to get back in time because we're up in the Boston area, back to New Jersey, so they can still get out for trick or treating. Because right? that's what twelve-year-olds should be worried about. Do. That is, yeah, that is the right. concern of a twelve-year-old is is, is how much candy he's going to yes. score. Yeah, and 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 so I I just like and so I I just left there and I was like just like dumbfounded, wondering like. This is this is not good. This is not healthy. Yes, it's been going on for a while, uh, youth hockey. But mm-hmm. you know, you hear every ref I run into now, they want to quit. Yes. Right? There's a lack of refs that want to be involved in this game because everyone screams at them. And and so, you know, I just hope that if anything comes out of some of the discussions here, is that people will reflect on situations, right, and look back and say, "Wow, like what was I thinking at that moment?" Right. And then maybe moving forward, other people be like, okay, hey, okay, is this in the best interest of the kids? And and it's not to say, hey, every time somebody gets injured, we're not playing games. It's not that. It's not like the kid, you know, took a shot and he and he's got a swollen foot and he can't skate. Right. We had a traumatic, emotional, visual situation happen. Right. And (laughs) twice. Right. right? And where 12 year old kids cannot compartmentalize that. Right. Mm -hmm. They're just you know, and, and so we have to be respectful as coaches, parents, you know, I always believe that, Hey, rule number one is we've got to make sure the kids, um, health and safety is number one. And, and again, like not to be a hypocrite, like I'm not saying I'm a perfect youth hockey coach. I'm not saying that, Hey, I haven't made mistakes as a youth hockey coach. I haven't, I'm not saying that I haven't wanted to win at times at all costs because maybe I'm getting upset the way the other coaches are treating me or disrespecting me. I, I've lived it. I've been there. Right. But I try to look at each situation and try to manage it and process and say, Hey, Bryce, am I getting out of line here? Do I need to take a breath? Right. And it's partly the reason why people say, Bryce, you're on the bench. You never scream. Right? Why aren't you screaming at the kids? Why aren't you screaming at the refs? I said, sometimes I am, but I, I already, you know, and I know that I have a different perspective because I played and I also try to understand that other coaches and parents may not be able to see that, you know, like I can watch a play and say, that is a penalty, right? right? Like, no, right. that wasn't a goal. Like, I, right. you know, I, you know, and so I also keep that in perspective too, that not everyone can see it. Um, as quickly as a play is happening. So, you know, so, so again, you know, that's just kind of, you know, where, where I'm at with, with youth hockey. And I've just really just kind of felt compelled that we need more people that have platforms that can talk about this and just say, Hey, we're all making mistakes, but can we change this? Cause if not hockey 
is going the wrong direction. Well, I mean, that's what struck me through all this, Bryce, is here we have this poignant moment where it was like all anyone talked about and all you would read is, hey, things have to change enough. Like, here's this courageous player and we're all sick about it and it was heavy and to a person, everybody was was sick. And two days later, you say, or whenever it was, all right, I am going to, I'm not just going to say something, I am going to make a change and we're going to, we're going to consider the kid's health and we're going to do this. And every, and 12, 12 year old hockey, people can't, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to make this incremental change or whatever it is. We're all trying to stand up and do the right thing moving forward. It's not good enough just to say, I feel bad for Kyle Beach and we're going to like, then go back to being how it was. And that you're doing the right thing. And that's the response is so discouraging. It's so discouraging to me. Like I was like, in this moment in time, if we can't have these conversations and start trying to do things differently, you know, then when can we? Or is, is this just impo- like, is this sport so broken at every level that, you know, the fight is, is I mean, it, it, impossible. I don't know. Well, I think, I think we just need more people talking about it, right? Yeah. I, I just, at the end of the day, I would have never done that two weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago, I, I, I know that. Like, I, I, like I've been in you talking for a while. We all talk about how you know there's so many parts of it that are broken. Yes, it's not changing overnight, nor you know. But but if more and more people aren't going to talk about it um, and have discussion, um, and to your point, Craig, not just say okay, well, it'll just go away, and and we'll talk about it today, and then you know, mm-hmm. a more days, everyone got you know the interaction, and then just dies. If, if then we won't have change. Um, and so, you know, the interaction that I've gotten from people that have texted me, people that, you know, are, that are owners of youth hockey programs, you know, uh, people that are in uh, stakeholders in different positions in youth hockey have reached out. And, mm-hmm. and I was surprised. Like, I, I wasn't really thinking that so many people would respond to this like that. Like, I just assumed that everyone in, in their own little area is kind of trying to manage things. And, and it seems that what I've become more and more apparent is I'm not alone in terms of people wanting to figure out how to help you talk because it's, it's, it's not healthy. How far down the hill, like how much worse has things gotten culturally with you, with youth talk and these things you with parents yelling at refs and players yelling at refs and whatever. I mean, like you've been, you've been a youth coach for, for a decent chunk now. Is it getting worse year over year? <laughs> like well, how, yeah. how, that, I guess that's really hard to quantify, to is be it, honest. Is it, is, it, is it getting worse or are we getting more attuned to the problems that are, that, that are baked into it, right? You said two or three weeks ago, maybe your response to, you know, what you dealt with over the weekend is different. So, like as we see things like Kyle Beach and just the various, you know, all these, all these different situations everybody's waiting through. Are we perceiving these these events differently, or are they getting measurably worse? That's, that's a great question. I think uh, I think both. I, I think that mm-hmm. I've definitely sensed a different energy in rinks. You know, uh, since COVID, since everyone's mm-hmm. kind of come out, it's almost like everyone's trying to make up for the lost time. Right. And, and it's like, you know, geez, my, my son wasn't able or daughter wasn't able to skate for five, six months. I, I got to get him on the ice. He's, he's got to make up for it. Oh, you know, we got to get these games and we've got it. Right. So, so I do sense that, right. There's a, there's a little, there's a lot more angst in terms of mm. 
you know, what did we miss or are we behind in our, in our son or daughter's development um, because of COVID. So I definitely see that. Um, and, and then I think that there's a, there's less tolerance in refs, right. Where they just, they just had enough. So that at times can, you know, make the games challenging because if they're not calling or the right calls, or they're just mentally drained because this is their 10th game. Like I've literally had refs come to me say, I've done 10 games today, you know, and, and they might be by themselves because their partner decided not to show up. So mm-hmm. I see that I'm going, I go, Oh shoot, we got one ref. Right. And this is an important game. I cringe. Right. Because there's, it's impossible. I know he's missing offsides. I know that he's not going to be able to see if the puck actually crossed the goal line. Cause he could be at the other end. A lot of times these refs, can't even skate properly, right? So you know this game's going to be a disaster. Um, so, so yes, there's there's this element of it is getting worse from that perspective. But I also do think that there is an an awareness now of what maybe is right, and and people' perspectives and their lenses are opening up. Like, and I would say, like my the, the team that I coach, like probably a while, like maybe three weeks or maybe a year, whatever. Like I think day two would be like, okay, we got to play. And even maybe myself, like I'd be like, Hey, like, okay, we're up here. Like this team came all this way in and yeah. Why are we, why not play? Right. Like like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite. Right. But this weekend, I think what happened with Kyle and really the long-term ramifications of potentially what's happening to a 12 year old kid um, weighed in on, on this decision and, and all the parents on my team, like there wasn't even a question that we, that, Hey, we're not playing. It was just, it was, it was assumed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the kids were like, well, you know, how, you know, and when they, everybody kind of settled down, you know, no one, you know, the, the only, the only kid was like, um, say, Hey, are, are you sure we're not playing? was our goalie because he needs to be mentally prepared. Right. So, uh, right. He's like, can I, can I, you know, coach, can I really turn off my, you know, my preparation? Right. Cause you know, and that's the goalie for you. Right. But you know, and then you could just see the weight, you know, come off his shoulders. Um, so, you know, so, you know, Sean, it's, it's a, I don't have a definitive answer to your question, but I hope that there, you know, there is a, a, an awakening. I mean, you, also, you seem so concerned about being perceived as a hypocrite here. Like you said a, a million times. Yeah. Like, were you taking shit from parents? Because it was like, oh, I, rem- I saw you. you yeah. I remember you, board- you boarded somebody in 2009 or whatever it is. Does that, does that, st- does that stop you from, from, from being able to do the right thing now? I think that's something that, uh, in a weird yeah. way, that, does, that, that, that connects to the Kyle beat situation. Cause it's like, well, we did, we did the wrong thing then. And that precludes us from doing the right thing. Now it's the same kind of mindset that, that, that you're hearing from people who are mad yeah. at you over this. <laughs> well, um, you know, and maybe that's the former captain in me. Like I, I just, you know, to a fault guys, I like to take in everybody's perspective because if you're not in their shoes, you don't know hundred percent what's going through their mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I know that I don't do everything perfect. Right. So I don't like to try to hold myself above everybody else. Like I'm some almighty, you know, former NHL captain. 
right? It, it's, it's, you know, I'm very respectful to other people because at the end of the day, like it was in the NHL that really means something. And maybe I get respect in the youth hockey space and maybe people listen to my opinion, but it also comes with responsibility, right? And if I want people to, to buy in or believe in what I, my messaging, I can't then be saying that, Hey, I'm perfect. When people are going to say, well, Hey, what are you talking about? I, I see how you act sometimes because like, we all get caught up in emotion. Right. And I also believe that if you make people feel safe that, Hey, you know, that they aren't like in a 100% a bad person because they made a wrong decision, maybe they will change. Right. Maybe if they hear right. Bryce say, Hey, right. I made mistakes. I've hit people in bad situations. I've made wrong calls with 12 year olds. Uh, but I'm, yeah. uh, but I'm aware of it. I'm trying to process it. Then I can get hopefully them to buy in versus me trying to say I'm all almighty. And you find a way to, to not say like, I was also the captain of a Eastern conference champion team. And I am the head and, and, I, and I am, and I am, and I am the head coach of two players who were just taken to the hospital over right. the last 24 hours. So maybe like defer to my perspective here. I, well, I, that's, no. a tough balance. that's a tough balance to try. I don't know how you didn't freak out on these people. It's basically what I'm saying. Like, I, like congratulations on not, on not yeah. making it worse at least. Well, well, sh- <laughs> Yeah, you look, like a lot of people say that I'm really calm and, and collective and cool. And like, why don't I just go off on people? Um, because again, this is just the other side of me where I'm, I, I don't know their perspective, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, they, they want to play the game. They've got a team that's coming in. Um, I don't know the pressure that they're under. So the coach and all that. So I, I try to be calm. You know, I, I almost literally did lose it on this individual because I, I just, it, it was like we're five, six minutes in and, and he it just wasn't, it wasn't registering. And, and to me, he honestly seemed like a, you know, a very astute individual. Like he wasn't, he, you know, he just, I could just tell like the ego of where youth hockey is that put, that's grown on every parent mm-hmm. is, is dangerous. Mm. Right. And the only thing that gives me perspective is because I've lived it myself, like in terms of I did play in the NHL. I do understand all the challenges. I, you know, so I can reflect back and say, you know what? I'm genuinely not living through my son. Like I'm not mm-hmm. living through these kids. I want to give them the best experience. I want them to, when they're done being, you know, with me, that no matter what they do, whether they play high school hockey, professional hockey, whatever, club hockey, that, they will look back and say, you know, coach Salvador, um, you know, did everything he could for us. And that we, we learned a lot of great lessons, um, discipline, respect, empathy, um, how to conduct ourselves. Um, because at the end of the day, that's all I can really impart on them. I can't go on the ice and score the goals for them, but I can hopefully lead them down the path of making more right decisions than wrong. And, and so, 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 so I, I, you know, so Sean, to kind of like answer your question there, it's more of, um, I, I really go out of my way to make sure that I remember that, uh, that a lot of the people that I run to run into haven't played in the national hockey league, right? Mm -hmm. This is their dream. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to tarnish their dream. I don't want to take it away from them either. I want those kids to aspire and to compete 
And I want the I want everybody who plays youth hockey to have success, not just the kids on my team, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it, so 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 it's a fine balance, and and I think that it kind of goes back to this situation this past weekend. I just really felt compelled that you know maybe if I start having some dialogue, um, yes, they're uncomfortable dialogues, right? Um, and and I don't know where they'll go or not go. Um, and I'm also, so you said, why did I say, you know, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite because at the end of the day, like, you know, if people want to come up and say, Hey, Salvador, we've seen you do this, do that. Yeah. I would say you're absolutely right. Let's have a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, chances are I'm probably not still doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, I've, I've changed my perspective on some things. Right. When I was you know coaching, when I first started coaching, when the kids were six, right. I just retired. Right. People come up to say, you know what, what does is, what is Salvador know about coaching? Right. <laughs> flat out. People say, why are you going to play for Salvador? Just because he played a national hockey doesn't mean he's a good coach. And you know what I would say, Sean? I say, you're absolutely right. I don't know anything about coaching, but you know what? I'm going to learn fast. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so not to discredit anybody, because if they make a, a fair point and it's valid, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm not going to discredit people because I got an ego. I didn't know how to coach. When I, when I had six-year-olds and seven-year-olds on the ice, I didn't know what drill. I was doing full ice flow drills and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, like these kids can't do this. Like I had to reset my thought process. <laughs> yeah, right? they're six. <laughs> they're six or seven, <laughs> right? They, they can't, they don't know where they're supposed to go. They don't know all the slang, right? Holy cow. I don't know how to coach. These guys are right. So, so, so at the, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, you need to know when it's appropriate to, to have an ego and not to. And, and so, you know, I know I'm kind of being a little bit redundant and, and come, come in full circles here, guys. But um, so that, that's why, you know, it's tough for me to just, you know, come out and say that, hey, I know all because um, we're all human and we're all always learning. Right. So you did, I mean, you reacted as a human being in that moment. That was a, that was a, that was a human decision first to call off that last game. That was not necessarily a hockey coach decision or, or a hockey culture decision. It was recognizably human. And I think that's what has been a, such a problem for people over the last week is you see those men in that room with the Blackhawks not behaving recognizably like human beings. Like they're like that, like not doing the bare, the bare minimum, just like writing off their, their duty as people in deference to their duty as, as front office employees of, of the Chicago Blackhawks. So to see your actions as like person first, I think over the last few days has been really interesting. And that to me is the big challenge facing the league moving forward is to how to get people to respond like human beings rather than products of, of, of the game. And I don't know how that happens. And I, and I know we're coming off this Batman presser, which was just wild for a million reasons. Yeah. So it's all fresh on my mind, but like, how do you, how do you do that moving forward to encourage more people first kind of decision making? Cause we haven't seen it. That's why we're here in the first place. Well, how it happens. And I'm now I'm a Testament. Now I'm not trying to equate my emotional experience over the weekend to anything, you know, that happened with Kyle. So I just want to preface that, but, but at the end of the day, I can guarantee you things have changed. There's going to be no organization that's not going to, you know, turn over every stone if someone brings an allegation forward, right? So that's how change happens. Now, you know, that's why I'm saying like, it's heroic what Kyle did, you know, and what he went through over the last 10 years. 
right? Yes, we're all upset that it wasn't handled correctly. Um, the culture, the mindset, everything was different back in 2010. I was in those locker rooms in 2010. It's not to absolve anybody from the decisions that were not done, not to absolve the PA, right? But, you know, like just Kyle will have a dramatic impact on all things hockey moving forward in terms of how people are treated. So the human element will come forward now because of what he did. And we're all going to say it's always too late, right? We're always going to say this, these decisions were made wrong, but you know, I, I always believe that, you know, things happen for a reason and they, but they never happen on our time timetable. So yes, it's 10 years later. Um, but the league is reacting. Now we're all going to have different opinions on whether it's, the fine was enough if the decisions were made or not made or all the people, the right people were held accountable and all that stuff. Um, but with social media and everybody now hypersensitive to this and understanding that this is not right, right. Then you can have change. Um, and so, so, and, and, and I think where a lot of people always get, you know, tied up or, or kind of stuck in the thought in their thought process is when, they don't see change happen overnight. Right. And, and I also say, you know, and I kind of, you know, again, not to draw parallels or anything, but it's just, for me, it's the diversity in the game, right. I'm a, you know, I come from a biracial family and everyone, you know, saying, well, we need change. We need inclusion and all that. And, and the same thing happens there. It's not fast enough for everybody. Right. But then when I put in perspective, I say, well, when I started in 2000, compared to where we are now in 2021, I've seen tremendous change. Has it happened fast enough? No. Right. Does there still room for improvement? Absolutely. Um, but we just have to continue to go through the, the process and continually have discussions. And we, we just keep hoping that more and more of these type of stories really don't happen. But, um, but I really do think Sean that, I'd be very surprised if you're ever going to hear of a, an allegation not thoroughly vetted moving forward in the National Hockey League. My plea to people listening is that uh, here's I've seen over the last few days, people are like, I, I'm done with the sport. And I think it's going to take people that care deeply um, about people and about hockey to really have that change that you're talking about, Bryce, happen and not, and not bail, right? Or else we're leaving yeah. it to the to the – you know, the, whatever that created the hockey culture. So I just, I, if you're listening to this and you coach a youth hockey team, you know, make the tough decisions, lead with humility and with heart and compassion and thoughtfulness. And, um, and then, and know you're going to deal with, you know, you're going to deal with the blowback because people don't like to change and they liked <laughs> the way things were. And there's people that were our gatekeepers in that. And there's people that are, benefiting from it but if if we just give up on the sport and, and this is something that's been on my mind that like if we just say wash our hands of hockey and think say it's never going to change then it, it that's right it won't but I, I thank you bryce for doing what you did and not only doing it then sharing it on twitter because mm -hmm. i know that leads to blowback and mm -hmm. then Absolutely. not only that right and then you know and then um bringing you know using your platform to then continue to talk about it because i know there's people that are listening to this that probably hate all of this and they're like oh this is you know what's wrong or whatever you know we need people like you to 
to, to stand up. And I just hope people keep fighting. That's all. Thanks, Bryce, for doing this. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It was, uh, these are tough conversations, you know, nobody wants to have, but so I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, giving me the time and, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll continue to see progress. Um, I am just so happy people like Bryce Salvador exist and, and have meaningful and powerful jobs in this space and not just in the NHL level at the 12 year old level. And that's, I don't know. This is, that was awesome. And I'm thankful he's around to doing what he's doing. We know a lot of youth coaches and it's great to see that there's people like Bryce out there who don't just have the perspective of an NHL captain and the guy who played in the league forever, but he cares and he's committed to change. And I don't know, let's get a couple thousand more of guys like that. please. That was, that would, that, that would head off a lot of, head off a lot of problems at the past. And it was, I'm glad you, you asked him about it because it was um, so clear he, he, he was anticipating the argument back yeah, almost with right. every point he was, and I know I've, you know, coached like, because no. you know, there's people that are like, yeah, but, but you did, I saw it. And it's like, here's your, it, here's your, here's your hockey fights page. Like I remember, I, I remember when you fought such and it's like, it's wild. That, I don't know what's wilder. The fact that he had perspective to realize that that was going to come or the fact that it was absolutely going to happen, you know, like some, some, if it didn't happen, it, w- it would have. Some someone being like, "Yeah, you boarded such and such ten years yeah. ago." Unbelievable. Whew. All right. Well, let's um, let's take a quick break, and we're going to wrap up with some questions, as always, from our comment section on the app. This is the fun part of the show. We can have like a ten minute Finally. palate cleanser Jeez. after that. What we like to do here, and we've got the snowball rolling down the hill in kind of a fun way is we want people to leave comments on the show page in the athletic app on the, on the episode page each week. Super easy to get we, to. We've said, just I've, go to www.theathletic.com. Go to the Apple sometimes store. I just, sometimes I just mindly navigate to it on my phone because <laughs> it's so easy. It's like playing with a fidget spinner or something. Or something. It's very, very <laughs> relaxing. But yes, go, go, to the, go to the episode page, leave a comment, we had 18 last week, which is, I think, maybe a record for us. We are conditioning people. You all are the people. best. I lo- like, the fact that we're getting comments on a, a podcast, this is, a, we should be answering. But now that now that we do it on the podcast, I don't want to jump in and answer. But I, so, I every one of these is appreciated and read and we laugh about them. I'm told, and again, I'm told, I'm told that there's a decent amount and I'm told they're very good because as we have long established, I don't know how to get to this on the app. That's right. I can't find, I can't find this myself. Craig is passing this along. So, two things. We recorded the David Backus episode last week and I'm thankful like people figured it out because shortly after it dropped, all the Kyle Beach stuff hit and it, and it, if you go back and listen to it, it just sounds like we decided to ignore it completely. Oh man. Because, and we're like, if you like, we made a couple jokes that sounded like almost like we, like, there was like, hey, we don't want to have Mark Lazarus on this podcast. Like, there was like three Lazarus cracks. We were talking, so we, were just, ta- we, yeah. we were talking in the Blackhawks suck on the ice. Yes, we were very much mode. in like, like hey, what's wrong was, with the Blackhawks? That, that, was, that was the capacity that we were speaking in last week because I believe they just lost to Christ Almighty. Who was it? Who who was it the night before? It doesn't matter. They, yeah. But they're horrible, obviously. And that was and that was the that was the mindset we were in. And then, you know, an hour after the after it posts, um, we know what happens. So I'm glad pe- I'm glad people picked up on it, right? That we weren't that, that the timing was 
not great, but also that we weren't speaking in any capacity. It, like we were still, we were still living in a pre. Thank you for giving pre- us the benefit of the doubt that we would I, wouldn't ignore uh, the, um, yes. the biggest story in like really. I was expecting to go into the comments and be like, "Hey, let's talk to the readers or the listeners. Hey, let's interact," and to be a bunch of you guys are assholes for not talking about this. Like that's what I was literally expecting. And thank you for realizing we aren't. Completely. Sincerely, sincerely, thank you guys yeah. for, for for giving us the benefit of the doubt there, because it, it was you know just unfortunate, unfortunate timing, and probably some unfortunate, uh, completely coincidental topics yeah. that, that we were on before <laughs> that. So thank you. All right. So with that, um, Matt K says, so we've been we've been accused of of injuring Jack Hughes, which is uh, defamatory. I won't stand for it. Um. It's not our fault he got hurt. I can't say that enough. Nothing could offend me more than the implication <laughs> that we would do anything to harm any member of the Hughes family. I mean, oh, speaking of which, Quinn Hughes, get ready for it, folks. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. Hughes is coming. Quinn is coming. Um, Matt K says, hey, guys, if it helps at all, I have Hughes and Fantasy and my team name is Ann Huser Bush. That's American. That's, you couldn't be. You couldn't make it a, a more American name. Must be a St. Louis uh, reader. Chris Probably. J. I love it. You can always get on if you talk about thrash. You need to get Brad Larson on the show while dressed in Hell thrashers yeah. gear. <laughs> Last week they wanted us in thrashers gear. We had to get Brad Larson. Brad Larson, by the way, um, one of my favorite interviews when I was covering the thrashers. He was a good dude. Yeah, is a good yeah. dude. I, I think. I mean, I, I can't assume anything anymore, but yeah. I remember him popping up. I love Brad Larson. Lot. Yeah. Chris H says, please never stop jumping on each other to interrupt the guest answers. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you are in luck. <laughs> that, that is our pledge to you, my friend. <laughs> I'm so bored. <laughs> Tell of you this. what, buddy. <laughs> See, look, I can't even get through this. <laughs> we can't even read your comments without us interrupting no, your comments no, no, about no, us no, interrupting. No. So bored of the standard Q&A format. You guys make it fun for the listener and the guest. I guess. I don't know. if I think Jack Hughes was finally, <laughs> he gave up. He stopped it. Like, if you go back and listen, maybe I saw it because we were on Zoom. He was like, fine, you guys want to just talk. You guys just talk. That's fine. I'll just go. I'll, I'll, I'll be over here. Yeah. Uh, who, who gives a shit what I have to say? That's yeah. right. That's right. So, uh, Chris says, um, uh, you make it fun for the listener and the, and the guest. And Manscaped is the best sponsor ever. Never change my precious little cinnamon buns. <laughs> and always remember, fuck the marmosets. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Whatever that is. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Hey, hey, Craig. Yeah? Speaking of precious little cinnamon buns, yeah. I've got something that will take care of your precious little cinnamon buns this Christmas season at Manscaped. Uh, it's, the ball, it's the ball deodorant, my friend. William T., this is they've gotten so much mileage out of us, Manscaped. We should get a cut. Uh, William T says Sean needs a medal again. We're, I'm not reading these ahead of time, so if this is bad, I'll stop. <laughs> this is, Sean, this is Ron Burgundy. Sean needs a medal for the restraint he showed by not asking Bacchus about what condiments he will have available when learning he was starting a chain restaurant. That's good. <laughs> we got a we have a we have a stick to sports subscriber there, my friend. Yes, big condiment boy. The only time Sean showed restraint in his life. Maybe in my life. <laughs> Lucas says, got to be honest here, guys. As an athletic subscriber listening to the podcast on the athletic app, I feel like I'm missing out by not getting the ad reads. This is 
amazing to me. I made the long trek out of the comment section to ask that you include <laughs> out to the comment section. So Lucas took the 15 <laughs> steps necessary <laughs> from Lucas, wherever Lucas. Lucas <laughs> he packed. He packed the lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas made the long trek out to the comment section to ask that you include the ads in the athletic app as well. Great show, we'll get, guys. We'll get right on. We'll get right on that. Like the I athletic, being, we've made I, our, our we've made a name for ourselves for being ad free, clean. You're getting things, and now you're asking for ads. Once this is just layers. This is layers of irony. Like there's that. There's the fact that I am completely a vehicle for you know, late capitalism here where I'm debasing myself to sell ball tremors because I think it's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it, there's a, there's a lot going on. Would like 2010 Sean feel like you sold out in some way or would he, 2000 or 2005 <laughs> Sean, you know what I mean? Or would he That's get the irony of the, or the whatever, whatever it is, the performance art? I can tell you, we'll say 2006 Sean certainly thought he, he would be a sellout mm-hmm. when I was uh, all in on, being a, you know, whatever, guerrilla journalist or whatever, whatever my plan was back then. Um, I just finished, it's top of mind, I just finished Jeff Tweedy's new book. You'd be shocked to hear everyone listening one? that um, I'm a Wilco fan because I'm a 45-year-old dad. Uh, the new one or the one? Or it, it's or the it one was, that's uh, let's, let's one? leave so we can come back or whatever it is. It's, it was, yeah. um, I think it's from 2018 or 19. Um, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a new book. You know. You know why? Well, new to I me. That new because I hadn't seen it in my hands was until a, this week. That was a that was a gift to my dad at Christmas 2019 or whatever it was. And then I and I bought two copies, one for him and one for myself. So that's how you know that <laughs> that, wow. that, I, that that my father was born in 1960 and I was born in 1986. You guys are the rare. Both- you, you, you split the time. <laughs> yep. Both bought the Jeff Tweedy book. That's great. So Tweedy says, talks about selling out and says, just because our music isn't a commercial, we're making money off it. We're making money off of our, commu- our, our, our commercials. Like that's, it's ridiculous to suggest that that's selling out in any form. And great, I, yeah. g- great book rec for anybody who has, who anybody who's cared about post Nirvana punk music um, and, and that, and that entire scene sell out by Dan Ozzy. It came out last week. I've, I've started reading it. Dan was a, a critic for Vice before they laid everybody off mm. um, and then wrote kind of a band by band look at, at the concept of selling out. So it starts with green day and there's a chapter about jawbreaker and there's a chapter about at the drive-in and you know, on and on all these, all these punk bands who had like kind of major label feeding frenzies around them at one time or another. It's, it's, it's a complete wheelhouse shit for me. Like I, there's not a book that I could be more interested in than that. And it's, and it's, and it, and it delivers came out last week. Really good. Um, great. You should have uh, told Jack Hughes that we, well, we should send that to, uh, to Jack. He's, he was yeah, he's Jack, still looking for book tracks and we couldn't come up with any. Jack can read about the process that led to Thursday, the band from New Brunswick, New Jersey, signing with signing with Island Def Jam in like in like 2002. I'm sure I'll love it. Nicholas K says, "Are we sure Sean isn't a Canadian sleeper cell?" This is a good question. How dare you? Turning on the canes, which you have completely turned on the canes. Oh, I, I hate I hate them. Yes. A non-traditional market seems pretty Canadian to me. 
I well, bet. the problem the problem last week was that I, I swapped out non traditional market Carolina for non traditional market Florida. Mm, good so timing that, on that. that w- was not was not timed particularly well. Oh, that, uh, that, that, that was all part of our podcast right before everybody made it was the world exploded <laughs> and, and it was like you know who I love the Florida Panthers, coached yeah. by the great they, Joel Quinville. They do, they do everything everything <laughs> right there. So I'm back. I'm back on the Panthers. I renounce. I renounce. Or I'm back on the Hurricanes. I renounce. You are the back on the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, for the on the roster, yes. Not 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 in the C-suite. Okay, Nicholas. Still 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 not a fan of thirty six percent car loans. No, still want a car loan at thirty uh, percent. <laughs> Nicholas says, "I bet you've never even eaten Bojangles or gotten a cookout tray and shake." Buddy, you you have stepped in it. I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for five years. I put on significant weight back then because of the introduction of Bojangles to Sean was huge, to, by the way. To my daily life. Deuce, deuce and a half, solid. Short little fat guy. That was me. Um and cookout I, I every every once once a month or so, I think of uh and, and and i'm saddened by the fact that cookout isn't i what's the farthest what's the farthest north they get is like raleigh maybe like up, mm-hmm. up in north carolina it's the greatest place on earth because you can get uh corn dogs as a side great milkshakes uh the trays are one of god's great inventions so you came at the wrong one dude i'm all i'm all about north carolina big fan of that state carolina says so you might want to rethink your carolina uh turn turn around sean's right mm-hmm. vibes are way off in carolina Quirky underdog shtick works until it doesn't. You can't meme your way out of signing Tony D'Angelo. That is well said and completely true. Wow. Caroline. Love it. That's so yeah, you got you're gonna have to find a nope. new hipster team, Sean. I hate I, I hate the Panthers again. Will C says the show gets better every week. Thanks, Will. With the Premier Hockey Federation coming to ESPN Plus this season, is there any chance of getting some American players from that league on the show? Yes. I would Sure. Producer Jeff is already on it. I can see him. I can see him working the phones. Um, that's, that's a great idea. We'll, we'll, we will do yep. that. Jason K says, will Craig read this comment without looking it over ahead of time? Like <clears throat> Ron Burgundy? I'm Craig Custis. I am in fact doing this, Jason. <laughs> Correct. Love the show. And if you two are in charge of a jukebox at a bar, what are you playing on it? Oh, my God. I mean, I am often in charge of jukeboxes at bars because I am. I, I'd love to know over the course of my life how much money I've spent on on the TouchTunes app because mm-hmm. it is quite, quite, quite a bit. Did, have, have I ever told you this? My one of my I used to I used to live I lived really close to a bar that I didn't like for a while, and I used to put money in 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 the app from my couch mm-hmm. and i would just play the monster mash four times in this bar like <laughs> in a row i was by oh myself my gosh. that's mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. so and the monster like mash july. would just randomly come out at the bar it'd, and people are like what it'd be, it'd be like in july and people would if people were like oh someone played the monster mash and then it'd be like oh someone played the monster mash again oh someone played the monster mash again and i would play it until they turned off the jukebox wow so we know sean's answer <laughs> petty petty I like to do uh, – I my jukebox depends on mood in locale. If I'm with mm-hmm. a bunch of Canadians, I do try to play – like I'll do um, – I do like to at least 
acknowledge that I'm with Canadians, and so I'll play the Canadian bands I like, like Blue Rodeo or Sloan, if I can. Is Sloan, is Sloan, is Sloan Canadian? Because I've, I've heard you talk about them before. Yeah, I feel Sloan's like that's Canadian. Are they not? I don't. I, I don't know. Mm. I, I. I. It seems like people in Michigan love Sloan. Well, be- so. it's a long story, but there was a um, alternative rock channel uh, station called 89X based out of Windsor, and they had an incredible uh, person that was curating music, and um, it, there's, there was a reason why he didn't play the hits. I forget what it was. There was a great story written about it in some alt music magazine. I'm going to have to find it. But so, we got – if, if you grew up in the 90s, or late 80s in Metro Detroit, you got this Windsor Canadian station playing incredible random B-sides of like, of these bands, like Tragically Hip. So, I was actually one of the few like Americans that knew these bands. And mm-hmm. so, it's it's weird. So, maybe that's why I cover hockey. It became just like the universe moving itself in that direction. So, I, I'll do that. I do like, to, you know, like the Pixies or, or I, I like Wilco if I'm out with my wife um, to bring it back to Wilco. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's where I'm at, or the Monster Mash. I, Sometimes I'll just go. put it on the Monster, Monster Mash. Mash. I, I actually I actually do have. I have here's a list of recent plays on on, on the touch on the touch. Oh, so you have actual. Me. So you have the app. So here's what Sean's mm-hmm. last five plays. Um, it was a fa- a Fallout Boy song that I played as a joke. Mac Miller, Anderson Pack, Jeff Rosenstock, a couple Symbols Eat guitar songs, great Canadian band Pup, Gin Blossoms, Vampire Weekend, Alkaline Trio. Real Big Fish, Beer. That's a, gr- that's a great jukebox song. That might be it. Beer by Real Big Fish. It's a ska song, but it's very funny. All right. I knew two of those songs. Which Gin Blossom songs? That's at least something. Um, oh, hey, hey, Jealousy. No, Every, right. Everyone loves it. All right. A couple, a couple killer songs. Oh, I like it. Caution. Right. Okay. Caution off, off one of the last records. It's good. Um, Frank Ocean by Forrest Gump. Great. Forrest Gump by Frank Ocean, I mean, etc. Stephen M. Recommend, recommends Otter for transcription. This is a little inside baseball. I am looking for a transcri- transcription service. I find Otter to get it mostly right, which is problematic to me. It lulls you into a sense of Yeah, it does really well security. until you're like, um, hey, that's not what... My favorite not, transcription story... Not like yeah, we're going, you can't wrap yeah. up ever. Um, my wife helped uh behind the bench i was running behind and had to get the transcript in and so i was sitting on the claude julian interview and it was hours and hours of transcription and she's like i love transcription she's like i'll put headphones on i'll zone out she's like let me do it and i'm like all right and um i go back to read the transcription and she got it mostly right but there was multiple multiple references to filet mignon and I'm like, why does he keep talking about the Vancouver Canucks and competing against Filet Mignon? And she she had thought he when he said Elaine Vignon, Elaine Vignon, he was talking about Filet Mignon, and that's. <laughs> and she just was like, "Why this guy loves steak, Claude Julian?" That'll be or 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 hates steak. <laughs> that's true. I don't think Claude Julian liked the or, or maybe they're friends. I forgot how it turned out. So that's why you got to be careful with transcriptions. Um, but thanks for the. Thanks for the wreck. Um, Yardina says, I have nothing substantive to say today. I'm here to dump on Craig. Oh, gosh. For mispronouncing my name. Whenever yep, he reads one of my comments, this is the Ron Burgundy me and me. I'm just I'm getting crushed here. It's, it's a shorty. Yard, Yardena, right? Like A. I, she's like, I expect better from my fellow Americans. And yes, I appreciate the irony of my name being Hebrew Yardena. Is that right? 
Short A? What's a short A? I don't know. How, like short E is a uh, short E. Eh. Yardena. I'm sorry. I we we will do better. Bruno L. The archives of the full sixty. I thought this was a new version of the full sixty with, <laughs> new, with a new sidekick. It's basically become what that. 40-minute-long Bryce Salvador interviews. On year 13 of being your sidekick. I'm com- I'm completely okay with that. New sidekick. Good, it's, it's my sidekick since yeah, 2003. I'm the, I'm the original sidekick. This is, like it, this is like if Howard brought back, you know, Jackie Martling or something. <laughs> my new sidekick, Sean. Gentile. Nick L. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for the podcast. Before the American version, I was stuck listening to Ian Haley and Sean talk about puns and teams that haven't won a Stanley Cup in over 25 years. Yuck. Your version is Yuck. clearly the best. Thank you, Nick. Clearly. Haley Haley does not like puns. She is she has made that known. She is a, she is a pun hater, so the mm. puns the puns are all are all on, on the Mendez side of that that equation, for better or worse. Love listening to you guys. This is Patrick C. By the way, you were about six weeks late calling the Hawk season. No way Flower was going to rescue that team with the poorest D in front of him. We were a little slow on that. Uh, you might have been. Craig M. says, greetings from Port Huron. Hey, all right. Yes, I'll get that Thrasher CD case from the cottage. Love the pod. Can I get a little Red Wings love? We don't completely suck now. That's true. Hey, we, we talked We talked at length yesterday about the Red Wings, uh, Haley and Max oh, and I. Are you with, pumping up the Canadian episode? I'm pumping up the Sean and Max version of the Canadian episode, also, also involving Haley Salvian. Max, talked, Max had great stuff about the Red Wings yesterday. Uh, give, it, give it a listen. Okay, I, so that you know, people and I'm in Metro Detroit, so I get asked about the Red Wings a lot. And for the last several, you know, a lot of like neighbors just say, "Hey, they, we, we going to be any good this year?" It's like, uh, you know, from Major League, or whatever. And I'm like, they're going to be terrible. That, that mm-hmm. you know, and people just want this, and they're like, "Okay, good to know. I'll check out." Yep. And this year, everyone asked, they said they're going to be terrible, but this year they'll be fun, and you actually can see the corner being turned, and you're going to have good play players and prospects and high end. And I, I made. The comparison to the Detroit Tigers, who finally had players worth watching in Casey Mize and Scooble. And I said, yeah, you've, you have a reason to watch now. And that's exactly right. And maybe I, they're not even terrible. I so, thought, yeah, I we'll, we'll talk Red Wings. Corey Snyder had a good tweet yesterday after Adam Fox signed. He said that the Red Wings might as well start carving out $9.5 million from where it's cider right now. Just yes. He's the real true. deal. He's the real deal. I love him. He's fun to watch. This is from Ifa. Okay, I know it's absolute nonsense, but Aoife is pronounced Aoife. It's not absolute nonsense. It's not absolute. It is your name. If we're mispronouncing your name, we're not like Key and Peele over here. We want to know how. (laughs) We want to pronounce things correctly. Tactheratrix? Balake. This is from John W. (laughs) Guys, that was a great interview and listen last week. I also wrote in just whether you were calling the Blackhawk season and a ton has happened since then to say the least. We all can agree that Kyle Beach, through all of his pain... And with all of his courage, helped to shine a spotlight on so many things the NHL has been truly avoiding. Thank you, John. You said it. You said it. Couldn't, Sean, couldn't I really enjoyed better. your article surrounding the commissioner's typical comments yesterday and how they repeatedly show us who they truly are. My question is, when will the owners and the players say enough is enough with the commissioner and the NHLPA leadership? The owners will never say that. Never. Gary's good at his job from an owner's perspective. And also, it's also it's set up where he doesn't need <clears throat> the support of that many owners to continue. That's also worth noting. Like, he has the support. And even if he didn't, the the threshold is so high that he's never going to go. Um, and we'll see what happens with the NHLPA. It sounds like last last night's meeting went a little bit better for Donald Fear than people anticipated. 
we'll see. The thing about PA stuff, and I'll, and I'll tell you this less about Kyle Beach and what's happening now and more about mm-hmm. Lockout because I've talked to a lot of players, is is things that we get worked up about and we're like, oh, the players are clearly getting screwed. Yeah. They don't care. Tends to only, like, there's only so many players who are engaged in it mm-hmm. at, the, at the level enough to make change. And yep. so you have players who care deeply about PA issues, and this is in general terms, and you have players who just want to go work out and get to play hockey. And like, that's just the, like, it's the same as at any industry. And so to get meaningful change at the PA level, you need a lot of players to actively care and actively be engaged. And history has suggested that it's hard to get to that, that point amongst a player, a 700 player organization. Best case scenario is that it takes forever. Worst case scenario is that nobody cares enough to even attempt it. Mm. Is that it? Thanks, Sean. Yeah, geez. geez. Gosh, that's Good a wrap. Like, almost put your head uh, on your desk there. Good God. I'm, that's <laughs> that's what depressed you about this about this one? Good God. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks again to Bryce Salvador yeah. for for joining. Uh, Bryce is great. Has an open invitation to join the podcast. Uh, you, you can listen to him on Cerevalli with uh, Frank Cerevalli on their podcast, and you can, if you watch Devils, he does an analysis there. So, Bryce, thanks again for doing that. Also, Sean, worth noting, Sean and I do the bonus episode. We've got a mm-hmm. bonus episode. If you are a subscriber to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts, you get bonus content from our entire network of podcasts at The Athletic. You start with a 30-day free trial. Then it's just 99 cents a month, and you get all of the bonus podcasts that The Athletic offer sean and i are doing it this week and we're about to record it right now so go subscribe to the athletic audio plus and if you're not a subscriber to the athletic go to theathletic.com slash hockey show and you get in for 3.99 a month and you can read sean gentilly (laughs) sean gentilly's daily dispatches crushing the league i need a break can i get it can i take tomorrow off please no damn